With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A show that looks at Kansas City baseball's past, present, and future. High fly ball. Motley going back to the track. No outs to go. The Royals have won the 1985 World Series. Davis comes to the plate. Strike three called. It's over. They've done it. The Royals are World Series champions. The world champion Kansas City Royals. This is the Kansas City Baseball Vault. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Kansas City Baseball Vault brought to you by Kelly's Westport Inn Baseball Prospectus Affiliate. Folks, it's starting to wind down on the season here. We have the Royals and they are cruising towards an ultimate mathematical elimination from the division could be tonight and the playoffs soon to follow. Uh, however, before we get into that introductions, I am of course, Jeff her and with me as always the, uh, you know what? I got nothing. I, I, I don't have a, I'm, I'm like the Royals tonight with my, with my Michael Engel adjectives. So <laughs> just, just out of it. Just, Yes, completely uh, just, wiped out of uh, of any of them. Yes, I mathematically. That's what I should have. Done. I should have made like a, a fun riff off mathematically, not mathematically eliminated Michael Engel. We'll just edit the rest out and we'll put that part. How about that? I'm not, <laughs> not going to edit that. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> stand. But anyway, uh, so yeah, so as we stand, um, the Royals. I mean, they're just. <clears throat> I guess we can start with. With last night. So last week we spent an awful lot of time talking about Joaquin Soria and what just kind of, you know, everything that's gone on with him this season and uh, his his struggles that he's had and what it's meant for the team and all that kind of stuff. And then he comes in last night, gives up more runs, the Royals lose in the bottom of the ninth the Cleveland Indians and it's just kind of I mean I we, we we obviously spent a lot of time on last week so we don't need to talk necessarily about Soria that much but just kind of one point to hit on I mean you you just chalk this up as a lost season or are you concerned for the next two years of the contract on Soria well he's not getting any younger so I think that's cause for concern um you know I I think there are some people that I saw on Twitter and I think even on Facebook that were like, hey, you know, put him out there, make him, you know, let him figure it out and gain some confidence in these tough situations. But, you know, at this stage, I, you know, if he's going out there, he knows like what he's done. And like last night, apparently he waved off uh, reporters because he just didn't want to be interviewed. And I don't think that's ever been a thing that's happened with him. I mean, maybe it has and it just didn't stand out, but. You know, that's usually when he's made these, you know, these difficult losses when he's given up runs. 
he's at least talked to them and and you know last night he's just you know it's like nothing so i'm sure he's tired of just thinking about it just just in general <laughs> you know just you think yeah. about how bad the stretch has been over the last three weeks for him and i yeah i'd be i'd be just you know annoyed by having to answer the same questions especially when you know he's a professional baseball player and he's always been good at one thing and that's you know holding those leads and now he's not and you know it's either you know he's probably frustrated i'm sure there's probably a lot of you know doubt there and you put him out there and i i don't know if he's confident that he's going to get the outs that he needs in those situations either anymore so you know maybe maybe all it takes is just starting fresh i know that's something that that dave lesky has written about on pint or uh on baseball prospectus kansas city um almost at pint our press that's funny mm-hmm. um been a while on been that a one. while there um but you know, maybe if that's just something where he can come out and get a fresh start, maybe the Royals can add some different depth to the bullpen and it doesn't throw him right into the middle of that that kind of closing sequence, then maybe that is something that he can get back. Uh, Lesky's also written about how Soria's slider has kind of abandoned him this season and he just isn't getting the spin on it by the, the metrics. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, then maybe that's either something that he works on to improve again, or he scraps it and goes to more of a cutter, or maybe he just he just ditches the whole, you know, slider cutter idea in general and just sticks with curve change and fastball. You know, those are things that he can adjust in the off season. So I think until we kind of hear some of those, um, I wouldn't be completely lost. But I guess. To an extent, I think there's probably a rational fan who could express a lot of doubt about him over the next two years. I think there's going to be a lot of irrational fans as well who are just like, oh, cut him, just eat the money. But, you know, I think he's probably going to have an opportunity to provide value. And at different points this year, he's pitched very well. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, when he's bad, he's really bad is the issue. And he's been bad in some very notable important high leverage situations and that just amplifies it just like we've talked about you know last week and and in other other moments where he's had these kind of bad blown saves and and blown leads and blown ties and everything else so i i'm not concerned as far as like losing sleep over two more years on his contract but it is kind of one of those things that it's like well he kind of has to go and reprove it at this stage. And, uh, you know, I, I don't have the confidence I had. And I was one of the, like, I guess, late adopters to Soria Outrage, I suppose. Um, you know, up until somewhere in July where he gave up that home run in, in, in Detroit, I was pretty much on the wagon there. And then it was a little shaky. And then after all the other stuff earlier in, in September, I was like, well... I don't I don't think we can use him in that spot anymore. Um, so I hope he gets it back. But yeah, last night was was pretty rough. And he even he even caught a break for a change. You know, even what was it? Uh, a couple of couple of games ago, I think it was against the White Sox. He came in. The Royals were up three to one and he got an easy ground ball. got exactly what he wanted. And the thing hit the bag for a fair ball. It's just like. 
Like, what else is it going to be? He's had stuff go off his foot. He's had misplays by Paulo Orlando in some games. He's had misplay by Paulo Orlando last night. Um, but he had a ball go off his foot, and it rolled right to Eric Hosmer for an out. Okay. <laughs> Just like, what, 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 you know, what else is going to happen? He's going to find some way. I think he balked in a run earlier this year, too. Like, that was a thing that could have happened, and it just would have been like, okay, you know, a cursed season. Just chalk it up to that, maybe. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. I, you know, it's, uh, I'd be surprised if he's in those late game situations. But at the same same time, you know, those late game situations don't really mean much the rest of the year, uh, unless the Royals get like an absolutely perfect layout, and uh, I don't think that's going to work out that way. Yeah, and. And the stuff about his slider abandoning him makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider, you know, when you look at his pitches, you see what's the problem. Well, you know, he's just leaving the ball over the plate. And anytime you put a, you know, you, you've got a ball belt high right down the middle of the plate, any major league kidder, no matter who it is, is going to hit it and hit mm-hmm. it far. And that's what's happening. So it really makes a lot of sense that, you know, maybe, I mean, if you have a slider, you started in the middle of the plate and it tails away from, you know, a right-handed hitter or mm-hmm. or vice versa or something, then, you know, that's that kind of move. I mean, Mariano Rivera made his entire career on that, basically. So, you know, you have – if you can do that consistently, which over the course of his career, Soria has been able to do, then you can get a lot of guys out. You can induce weak contact, things like that. But if 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 those – those metrics are, you know, they're, they're showing that it's it's kind of abandoning him, and you can see it with his eyes. So it's like it makes a lot of sense when you really kind of actually – that's one of those things where you kind of say, okay, this is what it looks like. And then someone like Lesky goes and digs in and says, okay, this is what's actually happening, and they kind of line up actually. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's it's unfortunate. But – and as you said, there are points where he's had he's had a lot of value this season, and I think – you know, I think we've talked about it before. If if you can bring Hoche ever back, which I think is reasonable, and mm-hmm. uh, I think Greg Holland's going to be really cheap if they can get him back. Now, obviously, you know, <clears throat> neither is necessarily going to be 100% healthy, but Hoche ever was coming off a, a Tommy John surgery in 2015, and, you know, he was a huge part of their run that season. So it's reasonable to think that Greg Holland in 2017, after coming off surgery in 20. Uh, Technically, it was in 2015, but missing the 2016 season that he could uh, he could easily come back and especially, you know, midseason really hit his stride and be a big part of the the bullpen. So if you can get those guys back and then you still got Soria and Herrera and Davis, I mean, then if Soria instead of becoming you know, right now with Davis out, he's the second best option they have, or at least he's treated that way, whether he actually mm-hmm. is or not. So if you can if, if you can say he's your fourth or fifth option out of a bullpen and that bullpen in particular, then I think you're sitting okay. And if, if Soria has to come in in the sixth inning, even if he blows another lead, you're going to have more time than, you know, last night, bottom of the ninth walk-off win. You know, the rules don't have any time to make it up if, if Soria has a mistake or two. Yeah. So, but, you know, and baseball's kind of weird that, like in football, okay, you look at, uh, you know, you take – I don't know if I necessarily want to use this example just because I don't like the person, but Larry Johnson, for example, yeah. as a running back, you know, had just a few really great seasons in a row and then just fell off a cliff and you could see it, you know, you saw it happen and he was just never the same. He was never a good player after that. And, you know, that's kind of the way the aging curve works. But in 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 baseball, 
they, it doesn't work exactly the same, but there's also this kind of weird thing where you can just have kind of lost seasons in baseball. You don't really see that much from other sports outside of an injury. You know, I mean, most of the time in baseball, one player or another, like it's very rarely you look and you see, you know, that's why obviously kind of sets the Hall of Famers apart when you look at like a George Brett or a Tony Gwynn or, you know, players like that, that consistently Mariano Rivera talk to keep Mm -hmm. it with a reliever discussion, but players that consistently year in and year out have just fantastic seasons every year, you know, it's just, it's so hard to do. So, you know, hopefully fingers crossed. It's just one of those situations where, you know, you say lost season. Okay. You know, we saw at times he still had the stuff. We're confident we can put him in a better position next year. You know, I just, I also think Ned Yost has to, has to be honest with himself and the organization has to be honest with what Soria is. And he's not the guy that he was his first time here. He may Mm -hmm. not even be the guy that they thought they were signing, but he can still be, as you said, Mike, a very valuable piece moving forward and provide some value to the team if they put him in the right position. So it's up to them, I think, to do that. So it's kind of, you know, you got to meet halfway. Soria's got to get better. He's got to be able to command like he did, you know, previously before this. He had his struggles this season. But the Royals also have to put him in better positions where, you know, it, things don't things can't necessarily snowball like they have. So yeah, and, we'll see. and they have to leave themselves out, you know, in the sense yes. of like a, a an exit strategy with him. I don't know. Like last night was weird. It was. I, I'm surprised Wade Davis wasn't in there. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, the the book, the way managers manage on the road in that situation is way different. If it's a home game, the Royals, you know, top of the ninth, Wade Davis is going to be in there to try to prevent runs. That's just how it is. It's not Brian Flynn starting. It's not Joaquin Soria later. It's going to be Wade Davis. And, I, you know, I don't know. I think that was a mistake. But, um, you know, it also kind of seems like they, they just don't want to use Wade Davis frequently right now. So I don't know if there's something up with that. That's entirely speculation. It just seems like ever since he's come back, they've been very, very tentative with him. Um, so we'll see what happens in the offseason with that. And the rest of the ten and a half games, as the Royals are playing right now, um, so we'll see kind of where that goes. But you know, they, Ventura threw a complete game on Monday. The full bullpen was available. Uh, you know, Soria being the guy is a little curious given his struggles recently. But you know, if, if you know, maybe that's Yost trying to get him in a situation where he can get those outs and regain some confidence, or maybe it's just he really doesn't trust other guys. I don't, I don't know, but you know, they lost, you move on. You guys will just get through this, the rest of the season, hopefully no serious injuries and, and uh, you know, see what you can do to kind of get some positive feeling for next year and, and kind of work towards that, I suppose. And maybe play spoiler because they do have Detroit and Cleveland in the last, uh, you know, these last couple of weeks. So, yeah. And, you know, you mentioned, um, Ventura, Ventura's, uh, perf- or perf- uh, complete game earlier in the week that freed up the bullpen. So we can kind of use that as a segue to talk about, you know, Soria has been a big negative point, basically the entire season for the Royals, even when he was good, people were still 
trying to bring him down. And again, as we said last week, yeah. at this point, there's really no defense. I'm not defending Soria at this point, but um, well, there, there are, are some still positives. people that, like, before we get into the positives, there are still people mm-hmm. out there who can't forget Herrera's April of 2013 where he gave up, like, five homers in the month and was oh, pretty yeah. rough and was fine since, like, dominant since. And he gives up one home run uh, the other day against the White Sox, and everybody's like, yep, that's the same old Herrera. I'm like, have you not been paying attention for literally, like, more than three years like that guy is one of the best relievers in baseball for an extended period just people don't forget that stuff they don't forget it until you just overwhelmingly prove otherwise they do not forget it's like Dayton Moore as soon as the Royals fell under 500 this year everybody's like oh nope you know that's where the snark comes in the victory lap of the projection systems comes into play and it's like oh yep see it's exactly what we thought now come on hold on (laughs) Yeah, it's like I've always said or always thought that, you know, whether it's football or baseball, in football it's the first four games and baseball it's the first 40 games, first quarter of the season essentially completely decides the narrative on you for whatever that's going to be. And so similar to that, then you've got exactly what you're talking about with Herrera where, you know, it can possibly be just one key point in a season and people will hit on that and that will define for some people not necessarily everyone mm-hmm. but for some people that will define the narrative for them and that's it just as you said you know kelvin herrera you know one of the best relievers in baseball 29 other teams would kill to have him and 25 would probably have him as their number one closer easy and He's uh, still got people here that are gonna like, just do exactly what you said and bring up like oh same old same old Herrera and all this stuff. It's like oh same old Herrera, like super dominant, <laughs> right. amazing, awesome reliever. Oh okay, that <laughs> that one okay dominant gotcha. with two pitches. So he just went and got a third because he was bored. Yeah, you like know? and made oh, it no his primary deal. out pitch in in less than a season. Ah, oh, no biggie. Whatever that stuff happens all the time, right? Right, Thanks right. Guy throws upper nineties. But I'm a I'm a, a fully fully avowed and, and Kool Aid drinking Herrera fan too. So, right, and you have you have every reason to be. That's the thing. Like yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> if if we're to have a a if you can picture Lady Justice right blind to all of the tyranny and supposed to be equal in all things, holding that scale, the it would be tipped incredibly towards your point of view. As in the evidence that supports Herrera being so totally awesome is overwhelming compared to the evidence of Herrera sucks, you know. Yeah. So, and maybe you know, it maybe it's just some still some residual, you know, past Royals fandom where it's like, inside every good player is a bad player just waiting, to just come pretending, out. just waiting to break <laughs> out, you know, like inside every. Bob Hamlin rookie of the year there's Bob Hamlin the rest of his career you know it's like uh-huh. I, I guess I can I can kind of uh, that's on, reasonable on sorry Barroa, Mark, I, Mark Quinn my, my dog absolutely does not like Bob Hamlin so I, I we are it. not alone Royals fans um, but uh, so anyway uh, that's kind of kind of funny but we'll we'll segue Back into the good things. There yeah, are not, good things. Not to derail things, but yeah. Not it's to derail. Positive. That never happens here. It never happens. Right. Positive things. So um, we kind of mentioned it last week, 
And Kendrys Morales, right now, has 29 home runs. He has 12 RBIs. The Royals have, uh, excuse me, the Royals have 11 games left in the season, counting tonight, which they're currently playing. And mm-hmm. and I believe they just took the lead as as we're recording, which is which yep. is unusual because normally it's usually doomed though <laughs> when we're recording. When they so, when they take the lead, they blow it in spectacular fashion. As yes. we discussed last week. So maybe Soria will pitch again tonight and we can keep the streak rolling. I can guarantee now. it almost. <laughs> this uh, so anyway, 11 games left for Kendrys Morales and the Royals, of course. But yeah. So he needs one home run and 12 RBIs to have 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. I mean, how long has it been since there's been a Royal that's put together a season like that? Well, the, the 30 home runs hasn't happened since 2000. And that was Jermaine Dye. That was the year where he had like 20 home runs at the All-Star break and started the game. And, uh, you know, just that alone, you know, the Royals don't have a lot of 30 home run seasons. It's as we've discussed uh, a couple of years ago, the Royals have never been a home run hitting team. And, and even in like the peak home run years, they didn't have much for home runs. Some people will blame that on the stadium, but generally it's just that the Royals don't get those guys. They either don't develop them, they don't acquire them, they don't, you know, they don't find them. It just doesn't happen. Stadium plays a part in that, but mostly it's personnel. But yeah, last time the Royals had a 30 home run hitter, it was Jermaine Dye, who hit 33 in 2000. Uh, they came close in 2012 when Billy Butler had 29, and I think he went the whole month of August without hitting a homer. Um, or maybe he had one. So, I, you know, I think he probably was trying to hit home runs back then at that point. But mm-hmm. anyway, you know, the last time they had a guy with 30 home runs and, and 100 RBIs, it was it was uh, Jermaine Dye, which 16 years ago, uh, a while, <laughs> you know, back in the almost golden age for Royals hitting uh, or a golden age, but still relatively average compared to the environment yeah you know that was uh you know you know it's not to discount the feat uh at the time you know because it's still impressive but yeah i mean uh, morales and he drove in a run tonight too so he's at 89 rbis and 11 away uh he might not have enough time to get to 100 but you know the uh you know considering where morales was in may uh yeah, twenty nine homers and almost one hundred RBIs is pretty impressive, and, and an eight hundred OPS with you know hitting two sixty. I mean, he was hitting like one ninety for two yeah, months of the season. I, he was so bad and and almost got cut. Actually, or, you know, maybe funny. maybe he didn't almost get cut, but you know there were there were questions about it at least flying around and and uh, you know well, here's if it's a valid question, then it's you know there's something happening. So here's his splits here, right? April, March, he hit 226 with a 637 OPS. In May, he hit 163 with a 549 OPS, <laughs> right? And then he had, let's see, six home runs in those two months. Combined? And then, Jeez. yes, combined. And then in June, that was when he just lit everything on fire. He hit mm-hmm. 402 with an 1108 OPS. And he had five home runs. He had five home runs at least every month since then. Seven in September, October, and or September, and uh, six in August. He had so, you know, he had he kind of took a step back in July. He had 191 
with a 662 OPS, but then 825 OPS in August, and now he's got a 1094 OPS this month. So he's had two and a half bad months, and then he's had uh, three, two incredibly good months, and then one good month, and then half a bad month or half a good month. So, I mean, you know, it's like you said, compared to where he was in May, and where he is now, it's quite amazing. And really, I mean, this is more of a statement about the Royals than anything else. Yeah. But as far let's say he he gets another home run. Say he ends up at 95, 12, I mean, 12 RBIs in 11, 11 games is, is quite a, a feat. It's possible. It's a lot. You're going to have to have a, a three-run homer in, in one or two of those. Yeah. But, you know, it's and not the Royals players have... I think the longest RBI consecutive game RBI streak is is like eight games this season or something. Now I think Morales has had seven. I think he's tied for second. I think him and Hosmer have had both had seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Sounds anyway, right. um, so let's say he ends up with like ninety five, right? Thirty RBI or thirty home runs and ninety five RBIs. I mean, twenty two home runs, hundred six RBIs last year, eight forty seven OPS. Say he ends the year at like eight ten this year with uh, 30 home runs, 95 RB. I mean, that's got to be one of the best two-year stretches for a Royal Slugger. You know, it's probably a top, definitely top 10 in terms of a two-year stretch, I would guess. Um, And again, more of a comment on Royals history than anything else. But, I mean, am I, is that semi-accurate it's gonna be it's gonna be a good two-year stretch i don't have them all in front but i mean that you know you think about the players that that would put him around i mean brett obviously had a lot of very good seasons um you know willie wilson had some good years hal mccray um balboni for homers at least you know didn't didn't always hit for average or anything but he had those homers uh, Danny Tartable, who's most underrated guy in the team's history, Bo Jackson, um, Johnny Damon, Carlos Beltran, Jermaine Dye, Billy Butler, Alex Gordon, a couple of those years. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you put him in, in league with those kind of guys for like consecutive season stretches. Um, yeah, he's he's kind of in that range. I mean, that makes a lot of sense to me to, to kind of put him in that. John Mayberry, somebody I didn't mention. You know, that's, uh, you know, he's right in there with some of those guys who have had you know, these these stretches of being very effective and very productive. And, you know, you look at it, if he does finish in that 94, 95 range, he's going to average 100 RBIs over two seasons, which the Royals, they just don't have a lot of times where they get guys who have uh, more than 100 RBI season. It's, you know, it's, it's pretty rare. Uh, they've got six players who have ever done that in the team's history. And, uh, wow. you know, even, even two of those Sweeney and die only did it in the two years. Uh, so, you know, that kind of puts into perspective. The Royals have never been an offensive juggernaut. I mean, no. obviously you look at the home run record for the franchise at 36, still at 36. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's the only team well, in baseball that has that, the franchise home run record that, uh, for a season under 40, of all of baseball. So, yeah, I mean, it's especially interesting when you consider, you know, last year the offense was pretty good, but you know, this year, especially, I mean, Hosmer and Morales could both, both have a hundred RBIs and considering how poorly the offense has played, 
And just from a standpoint of, you know, people have to be on base for you to get an RBI. So, you know, the Royals have just been really bad this year. They've struck out a lot. You know, they don't mm-hmm. walk a lot anyway. So, I mean, how often has have the Royals had two players that have had 100 RBIs in the same season? If, if, if Morales were to get super hot again and make that happen. If, if he were to do that, it would be the sixth time in their history that the Royals had uh, two, two or more players with 100 RBIs in the same season. Um, you know, I mean, obviously Brett has been in there. Um, he did. He was a tandem two different times. Seventy nine. It was Brett and Daryl Porter. In eighty eight, it was Brett and Danny Tartable. Um, two thousand two, it was Carlos Beltran and Raul Ibanez. They both drove in a hundred. Um, only twice have the Royals had three guys drive in a hundred RBIs or more. One of those years was ninety nine when it was Beltran, Die, and Sweeney, which is one heck of a trio. And then the and next, how those teams weren't better with that? I guess I mean obviously they had zero pitching, zero in, pitching in a time where you needed man, those some kind of pitching. Yeah, and the next year Joe Randa was uh, was drove in a hundred runs along with Die and Sweeney. So you know it's just not something that's happened that often. It's it's really only happened two times that the Royals have had a hundred RBI guy at all since two thousand three. So Billy Butler did that in twenty twelve and Morales last year. So it's even that stretch from 2003 to 2012 where, you know, they didn't have anybody. So uh, they just, it, they never, you know, other than Brett, they've really never had that one guy. And even with Brett, Brett was, you know, not really a guy who drove in 100 RBIs a ton. Um, you know, he did it, what, four times in his career, um, which is still impressive. Um, it's just that, you know, his was he had probably a lot of like off the top of my head, probably had a lot of 80 and 90. And Brett also missed a lot of games. So, you know, that's part of it. But there's also that the whole idea that, you know, the Royals just generally have not had guys produce at this level. You know, they've only had uh, five different instances where they've had more than one player with 25 home runs or more. And the last time that happened was, you could guess, in 2000 when it was uh, Jermaine Dye and Mike Sweeney. And, you know, uh, it, the only time they've ever had you know, two players hit 30 home runs or more, not that Hosmer's going to get to 30, but uh, they've only done that once, and that was in 85. So it's just uh, a team that has doesn't have that home run history. They don't have a lot of those kind of milestones. And this year they might end up with two guys, again, who have hit 25 home runs or more in the same season. And if Morales picks it up, they might have two guys have 25 home runs and 100 RBIs, which would be, uh, I think uh, we figured out that's maybe the, the fifth time that that's happened. Or, uh, yeah, so it, it's just, it's rare to have that kind of mm-hmm. performance. But at the same time, you look at this kind of notable performance from these two guys, and yet the Royals are still in the bottom ranks in run scored and, and run production. And it just it goes to show just how much, you know, they run into that kind of issue of, you know, filling out the rest of the lineup, which has been the issue all year long, you know, where you basically have two guys who are hitting all season long. And, and you know, even then, Morales wasn't good for a couple months. Hosmer wasn't good for a month. So, you know, you got to get those guys in there sustaining it. And they just they haven't done it. No. Um so it's 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 frustrating, and that's how you end up in a situation where you'd miss the playoffs, <laughs> and which yep. is probably going to happen. So, 
inconsistency. Yeah, it's it's gonna get you uh, pretty much every time. Um, and look at this. Even even when we're talking positive, we get back into the negative. It's supposed to be positive. It's supposed to be bright spots here. We got Hosmer Morales could be yeah thirty home run, hundred RBI buddies. You know, and I, so I guess okay. Here's the question. I actually got. I have to correct myself. There was only one time where the Royals had 25 homers and 100 RBIs from more than one player, and it was that 2000 season. There you go. So it's only happened <clears> 16 <throat> times that the Royals have a guy hit 25 and drive in 100. So, jeez, it's just you know. I mean, you've got someone like how many? Uh, David Ortiz probably done that 16 times in his career. He probably so. just does that in his sleep. He could play half a season and do that sometimes. So it's 40, and he's going to hit 40 home runs. So yeah, uh, whatever. But right. so. <laughs> It's the Royals. We've come. We've become used to this. We've become numb to it, almost, if you will. But uh, so this is kind of the, the bigger question here. With you know, if you would have asked in in April or May, it, you you know, there would have been like cut Morales. People, like you said, people were saying cut him loose now in the season. Let alone mm-hmm. don't bring him back next year. But here, I mean, should they bring him back next year? And the question is, can you afford not to when you're a team as starved for offense as the Royals? And you've got a guy who's a 30 home run, 90 RBI guy, you know, essentially, basically over the last two seasons for you has averaged 25 home runs at 100 RBIs, which is what about what it'll be. I mean, can you afford to to try and fill that role? I mean, you've got, you know, with Mustakas coming back, you've got the opportunity to have kind of a an interesting little dynamic uh, DH position with Chester Cuthbert and possibly Hunter Dozier, who's who's uh, had some. A few RBIs of his own in his short time up, but uh, and then Salvador Perez, Drew Butera, you know, you can you can mix and match there to fill in that role and possibly get some production. But even still, I mean, can you afford if you're the Royals when you're starved for home runs, you're starved for for offense to let this guy walk? That's going to be a, an interesting question for them to answer. And even you know, as recently as maybe July, it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that, well, they'll probably just let him go. They might, you know, they might be able to extend the qualifying offer to him and just get a draft pick and they won't worry too much if he goes. But, you know, now if he's hit so many home runs down the stretch and you see how good he can be when he's just red hot, they have to kind of think about it. I know that they've said for, you know, going back into like 2013 and 2014, they were talking about how they wanted to be more flexible at DH and be able to give guys days off or half days off. And, you know, when you've got Kane and you've got Sal Perez, guys who, you know, they've, they've done multiple things over the years to preserve Kane for his energy and to save his legs. And Sal Perez plays so much, but you don't want to sit him and lose his bat. So it makes sense to try to use him. And then you've got that, you know, suddenly the third baseman tree has exploded uh, <laughs> with, fruitfully. Um, and even though Dozier is playing more outfield now and he's played the outfield uh, since he's come up, you know, those are still guys that you want to try to find at bats if you think that, that Dozier can be up here full time. Or, you know, Cuthbert has certainly proven that he can – at least handle the job at a replacement level and, and even a little bit better than that. So you want to find a way to get those guys into the lineup and, and a rotating DH spot is a way to do that. But at the same time, you know what, it, it would look really weird for the Royals to like, you, like you've mentioned 
have this dearth of of power and have a guy who averages 100 RBIs in in the two seasons that he's with the Royals and you know is a, a 22 home run season and probably a 30 home run season this year you just let that guy walk I don't know I don't know the, how they can even if they really do want to stay or try to be flexible they said that and they signed Morales anyway before 2015 so you know maybe what they say doesn't really matter but you know, if they do, if they get the qualifying offer, it's something that, you know, $16.7 million. If he thinks that he can get a contract out there, maybe he rejects that. But at the same time, Morales is one of those guys who rejected the offer before. And in 2013, it came back to bite him. He didn't play in the majors until June, missed spring training, had a miserable season, um, uh, did just enough. Or I'm, I'm it was 2014 when he did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Getting my things mixed up. Um, <clears throat> so is that something where that experience is going to cause him to accept the qualifying offer? In which case you're paying almost $17 million for him. Plus, I think they would still have to work out his mutual option, which pays him, uh, I believe it's like $11 million for that. Um, there's going to be a buyout to that as well. So they would have to pay him the buyout plus whatever the qualifying offer was if he's going to take that. So uh, that's a lot of money. You have to be pretty sure it's a $1.5 million buyout. So you'd be looking at you know over $18 million for him to be playing for you if he accepts that qualifying offer. He's got to hit. He basically needs to repeat it. Can he do that? Well, Maybe uh, if he's still hitting at this stage, you know, maybe you see a little regression, but maybe not. You know, maybe they work out some kind of deal within all of that noise to maybe add on another option year or give him two years and an option year or something. You know, Dave Lesky wrote out a much more detailed piece about this on Baseball Prospectus Kansas City. So people should probably check that out. Um, and, And he's got a much better breakdown of how it fits, especially financially. I, I think they I think they keep him. I think it's tough to say that we want to contend in 2017 and let a guy who's done this well over two years, including a World Series championship season, just go. Uh, no matter how flexible you want to be, there is still a certain point where you kind of have to fess up and be like, okay, we can't just let him go. Um, and you just kind of figure out what the money's going to be from there. So I, I guess that's where I fall. I, I, I kind of... You know, the, the, the worry would be that he's 33 now. He's not going to get younger. Uh, guys who basically he has only the one skill, you know, is he going to be a guy who can sustain that kind of power late in his career like Big Poppy and like, you know, other other players who have only DH'd? You know, Victor Martinez comes to mind. Maybe. And if so, great. You know, that's that's awesome. But it is a risk that the Royals have to consider. Um but then if the floor is like he only hits 20 homers and has 75 RPIs, that's a pretty good year by Royal standards, power-wise, yeah. in a lot of seasons. So maybe that's enough. Maybe that's enough, and you just have to kind of uh, deal with the fact that it's going to be a lot of money uh, if that's kind of where he he ends up, uh, you know, production-wise. <clears throat> so let's flip the script a tiny bit. If you... <clears throat> say you're no longer the Royals, say you're Kendrick Morales in this situation. If the Royals give you a qualifying offer 
and which is like 16.7 million or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So yep. if if that's your offer, what does it take to get you away from the Royals? Is it just any contract that is more than one year? So say you've got a two-year, $20 million contract uh-huh. versus the one-year, $16 million. So obviously the, the you know AAV is much higher in just the qualifying offer. But you've got two years versus one, and overall it's more money. But then you've also got the opportunity, okay, after the qualifying offer year, if, you, if you're good that second year, then, you know, you could possibly get another contract that's just as big, maybe a two-year contract after that. I mean, where's that Where's that point for you, Mike, if you are now Kendrys Morales in this situation? Uh, you know, I think generally players are going to try to go for the years on those kind of things. Um you know, I don't know if the if if he were to approach it more realistically, I don't remember what he was looking for uh, back in 2014. Um, you know, obviously he was he was younger, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I I don't think if if you're comparing two years and 20 million, that's that's tough. You probably take the qualifying offer, um, though. I don't. I guess you, you'd have to. Your agent would have to be sure that was the the only other offer because they can't really talk to him until he's rejected it. Uh, so, you know, if you get wind that maybe there's a three year, $36 million deal out there, that's probably the way you lean. If it's two and 22 or two and 26, eh, maybe, you know, but if you want to bet on yourself, take the qualifying offer and try to have another good year, you know, maybe that is where he goes. I don't. I don't know. That's a, a tough question. I. I don't know how that market would develop. Um, you know, one, he's a DH, so that probably is going to limit him to pretty much American League teams. And now it's American League teams who need a DH, so that would eliminate. Well, Boston. I guess Boston's going to need a DH. I was about to say, <laughs> you've got Boston needing a DH and like Kendrys Morales. Oh boy, I mean, he would just maybe eat that, up that maybe that's ballpark. a place to go. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's actually maybe that's a spot to look at. If I'm Morales, I'm, I'm telling my agent to 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 get uh, get Boston on the phone. Let's make this happen. I want to hit 40 home runs in my career once. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> I, I you know I don't know uh, Detroit. I don't know what Martinez's uh, contract situation is, but you know they're he's not they're not going to be in the market uh cleveland probably not if they've got carlos santana um yeah i don't know i mean it it might be something where he does just have to take what he can get um or at least if he does decline the qualifying offer he would have to be prepared to take that two for 20 just because he can't get into a situation like he had been where he has a miserable season because he has you know when they signed him when the twins signed him in uh 2014 you know, it's not like they could option him or or anything to, to get him back up to speed. They had to bring him on right mm-hmm. away. And so there's no spring training, no nothing. They had to fit him in and, and make it work. And if he was going to get into game shape, it was going to be literally in games. It wasn't going to be spring training or drills or anything. It was whatever conditioning he had done on his own. And clearly that time off was not good for him because he didn't do anything until like September um, when he probably finally got his timing back and, uh, you know, turned that into a good deal with the Royals. And, and now we're here where, you know, 
he could have been out of baseball after that season, or at least after maybe, you know, some other team had, had, had tried him and he had failed or something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, th- I then, think, I think, I don't so, know. So probably the most important question then in this whole scenario is that we can't answer is did Kendrick Morales learn his lesson? You know, so yeah. is he willing to hold out again? Or is he in the situation where he says, okay, I'm going to, uh, you know, I, I sat out before, it didn't work for me, so if I don't have a better offer, I'm taking the Royals offer, and that's where I'm going with this. It could yeah. be. You know, I mean, it, we obviously don't know, and it'll be interesting to see. I'd be interesting to hear if he did take the Royals offer, and I would hope somebody, I mean, they usually have press conferences for these things, but I guess... I guess I can't remember the last player that the Rose gave a qualifying offer to that accepted off the top of my head. It's really, it took a couple so of years for anybody they, to do it. It was Colby Rasmus, uh, Rasmus accepted one last year, and I think there's maybe one other player who accepted it, and that was it. You know, yeah, so I, I guess I don't know. Turned down. I don't know if the Rose would hold a press conference for that, like a normal free agent signing. Yeah, because, uh, I mean, it is so, a contract. It's Yeah, you know. technically. I mean, so anyway, it's just, but... You know, regardless of whether they would then, at some point I'd want somebody to ask the question of, you know, did you, was your previous experience of holding out and having a rough season a factor? Because, you know, I think it would be for me, you know, but like I said, if you, you know, then again, there's also the side where you say, okay, if you're a professional athlete, there's that level of confidence you have to have in yourself where, like you said earlier, I'm betting on myself in this scenario. Mm. And so... If you're Morales, you're comfortable with yourself that you're going to say, you know what, I can sit out because I'm I'm good enough to not worry about it. So you know, it didn't work out last time, but you know, maybe push that aside and you say it's going to work this time. It'll be just fine. So who yeah. knows? Yeah, it may it may end up being one of those things where he would turn it down and just be very prepared to take whatever looked like the best offer when it looked like the best offer and not hold out for X years and X dollars, which has you know stung him then and, and stung other guys Irvin Santana comes to mind um you know where they just kind of end up they have to take whatever they can get because otherwise it's going to impact them in you know later parts of the season which you know that can that can really set someone back so I don't know I think there's I think his previous experience definitely makes it more likely he would take a qualifying offer now it's up to if the Royals would offer that I would lean definitely yes, but I think that they would also want to probably try to make out some kind of way that they can negotiate a, a, a lower value deal that maybe adds on a year or maybe two um, to just keep him, but not necessarily at such a high price for a season. Uh, so, you know, but if that would he, seem if, like the most reasonable. Yeah, I, I mean, if, if it comes to it and they just he takes the offer, well, there it is. They probably wouldn't negotiate from there, but maybe they would. Um, certainly, once they got close to the season, they probably wouldn't do any negotiating or anything. They just the Royals just don't do that, uh, where they come up with those those kind of deals mid season or or in season. Generally, I think Jeff Francoeur was the last guy that they did that. I think. Oh, Jeff Francoeur. Like, like mid to late, like later part of 2011, they signed him to some deal or whatever. But anyway. Um, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. So I, speaking, 
Speaking of betting on yourself or themselves in this case, because I'm not betting on myself in terms of how I how my performance will be next year for the Royals, but uh, I would bet pretty to, poor. No offense. Yes, no, no, none taken. Um, we'll uh, we'll end on this note, but talking about betting on yourself. This topic of Danny Duffy has come up. So I hear Mike Boddicker a lot on 8-10 in the mornings, okay? And when Duffy was having this really, really hot stretch, uh, Boddicker, everyone was like, pay him, pay the money, get him, keep him here for a long time. And Boddicker was like, you know, I don't want to pay him the money, and or I wouldn't pay him the money. I would say wait, obviously, but until he has a couple rough starts and see if he can – dig himself out of it and come back and get back to being more a dominant starter. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, okay, because you know, pitchers, he goes, some of the worst pitchers will have hot streaks like that where they just go a couple months and they're really good. Luke Hochever had him (laughs) back when he was, uh, when he was still a starter. So it's not unreasonable. He's his point is, is well made, but Duffy had a couple rough starts. You know, he'd have, I think he had one start to give like four runs or something in six innings. And, um, you know, the, the strikeout numbers continued to be there, but he had some starts where he gave up some some runs, gave up a few home runs. Yep, but that uh, Boston his, game was a rough one. Yep. But his last uh, two or three starts now, he's back to form, if you will. Not quite at the uh, peak of his most dominant. I'm going to I'm going to pull up his, his stats here for his last few games to see so we can speak eloquently on this matter. Right. Um, while you're but, looking those up, he is—he's uh, already set the Royals' left-handed pitcher record for strikeouts in the season. In fact, he has crushed it uh, because the previous record was 156 in a season, and it was in the Royals' inaugural season of 1969. So Duffy's struck out 181 guys. Bill Butler, not that Bill Butler, not, different Bill Butler, not that Bill. Uh, struck out 156. And really, only two other guys in Royals history from the left side of the mound have struck out more than 150, and they were both in 1987 for the other two. It was Danny Jackson and Charlie Liebrandt. So he's way up there. He's approaching 200 strikeouts. He's got about two starts. The Royals, maybe if he's close, they might throw him on the last day for a couple innings to see if he can get some strikeouts. Um, But he's 19 away. He's got two starts. If he gets 19 more strikeouts, he's at 200 for the season, which would be only the fifth time that the Royals have had a 200 strikeout guy last achieved in 2009 by Zach Greinke, mm-hmm. who had a pretty good year that year. It was all right. Yeah. So since Duffy was back on the rotation, right, his first start back in the rotation, an obviously an abbreviated one, uh, on May 15th, he pitched three innings, so uh, give him a, the first couple games to get back up to speed. He gave up five earned runs in his third start, but then after that, he's had let's see, twenty two. He had fifteen consecutive starts, where overall he had a two point five ERA with uh, one hundred and thirteen strikeouts to 22 walks, right? So that, over 108 innings pitch. This is this can't this is believe insane, that's Danny Duffy. Right? Just an unbelievable stretch there. Never he only gave up more than 3 earned runs one time in that stretch. So pretty impressive. And then after that, he had a game just an, an awful game the one you're talking about in Boston he gave up 7 earned runs, only 5 innings pitched. 
In the next game, he came out and gave up four earned runs uh, in 5.2 innings pitched. So there you've got 10.2 innings pitched, giving up 11 runs. Yeah. And let's see, he only had 10 strikeouts total. I say only, that's still a nine, you know, just under nine strikeouts per nine innings. So that's still pretty good. But for Danny Duffy, yeah, you know, what he had been doing, including a 16 strikeout performance earlier in the month, wasn't that great. But he snapped back. He's had three straight appearances. He's pitched six innings, 7.1, seven innings, given up no more than three runs, and had a total of 24 strikeouts between the three games. Uh, so that's 20.1 innings and 24 strikeouts. You know, his, <clears throat> so he's kind of bounced back. And the whole point of that was saying that Some good observations when it comes to pitching, but he can be a little bit curmudgeony on the radio, and he'll admit as much huh. on the radio. He's an old school guy, and that's how he likes to do things. But <clears throat> point being, at this point, after Duffy's last start, even he said, "Pay the dude, give him his money, <laughs> pay that man his money, give him his money." Yes, <laughs> nice. Pay Love him, <laughs> pay him. He beat me. Uh, <laughs> oh so uh don't get me started on quoting rounders i've watched oh, that movie man. probably 200 times I during love... the big poker boom oh i remember that dude i remember uh, the poker boom oh man During college we'd pop that movie in and Obsessed. we'd play poker oh my god anyway yeah, oh, no, he chick, so chick, great chick, chick chick <laughs> okay i yeah, stick anyway. it in you last time okay <laughs> that was too too far too far all right um Okay, Danny Duffy. So, Danny Duffy, <laughs> yes. That was a hundred he said uh hundred and sixty nine point two innings, career high. Yeah. And like you said, could be he's it's not uh not unreasonable to think um he's got two starts left, right? Two or three. Three, two should be two. Eight. Um you know, just the, the there's not enough games to get him a third start, but the last game of the year would be like he'd have two days rest behind him, I think. So it could theoretically be a throw day anyway. So he might be, you know, in the last start of the game. You know, if, if he's they, got 198 strikeouts, they're putting him out there. Yeah, they he's going to throw an inning, and innings. they're going to tell him if you got to throw 25 and nibble to get him to chase, go do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. just like get do 200 it. strikeouts. Yeah, go get um, it. <clears throat> but let's say he goes. You know what has we've come accustomed to having? You know, six and two thirds, seven, call it seven innings. In both these starts, and you know, eight strikeouts. I would put him at 197 for the season. So let's say he then he comes in and gets the three strikeouts in two innings in the last game of the season. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at let's see, 14. That'd be 183. Call it 184 innings and uh, 200 strikeouts, and then you know, an ERA under 3.2. I mean, there's. People have been talking about Cy Young consideration. I don't think that's an ERA that that will get you much. You know, back when he was floating in that 2.6 ERA mm-hmm. uh, area, that was you know you definitely definitely could see it happening from that. But I don't think 3.8 gets you many. He he might get a couple stray votes, but I think he's primed for possibly next year. He's going to have that buzz about him. So mm-hmm. I mean, you think. And, you know, you talked about Ventura having a complete game and his strikeout numbers have kind of just fallen off a cliff. So he's he hasn't been as impressive, but he's starting to you almost kind of feel like he's going through what Danny Duffy did, where 
you know, Denny Duffy had a period of time where his strikeout numbers weren't as high as we talked about it this year. You know, the strikeout numbers weren't there, but he was becoming more efficient. He was learning how to pitch. It almost kind of feels like I haven't seen all of his starts recently, Jordan Venturas, but it almost kind of feels like he's going through that same phase. Time will tell, of course. Um, so, you know, Rose gave him a new contract recently already, but you think they do you think they reach a deal with Danny Duffy? We'll make this our last topic, but do you think they reach a deal with Danny Duffy this offseason, or do you think he bets on himself and, and, and goes for the open market? I, I think he would I think he wants a deal with the Royals. I think he wants to stay in Kansas City. I I think the Royals would want him too. Um you know, the Royals, their pattern is generally once they kind of recognize, once a player has shown them what they want to see and it's within reason to go do it, they'll get that that extension done. I mean, you we saw it with uh, Dayton Moore's been great at this. Uh, you know, they they got Soria, you know, back when in his his peak years, they got him extended. They did so with Billy Butler. They got Alex Gordon. They got Zach Greinke. Uh, you know, uh, I said Billy Butler. Yeah. Um, Sal Oof. Perez, notably. Um, you know, uh, Alcides Escobar was another one. Ventura. So these are all guys that once they kind of got to that point and, and they were receptive to that extension, the Royals got it done. And and I think Duffy more than probably any of those guys wants to stay here. I mean, this is a... It's an organization that stuck with him and his difficulties back in uh, uh, was it 2010 when he stepped away. They stuck with him, got him through Tommy John surgery. Uh, he's had you know, various ups and downs. But they've, they've kept the faith with him. They've worked with him, and they've seen him blossom into a guy that this year has broken out. And, uh, you know, I think it's definitely the timing would be right, I think, for him to cash in on that. Because if he goes in and it's April next year and he struggles right away and maybe he's chasing, you know, chasing that success the rest of the year. By the end of the year, you know, because, again, the Royals probably wouldn't do anything within the year. You know, he's basically just hoping that he can the ship can be righted at that stage. So I, I think this is the offseason to do it. Um, I don't know what the numbers would figure out. I mean, it's people have said 100 million people have said. 25 million. I, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to work out to. Um, I would say it's probably going to be a little below market value just because he does want to stay. Uh, but he's shown enough. I mean, his floor, worst case, you're going to have a guy who can probably throw 70 innings out of the bullpen and be dominant. And best case, he can be in a, uh, at least your number one starter and possibly one of those kind of ace guys or top 10 in the AL type of guys. So I think uh, I think it gets done. I think both sides want to have it done. Um, you know, I th- I think he's uh, primed to be in a position to be their number one starter for a couple of years, if they can get the money to figure out. And uh, I'm pretty sure they'll they'll find a way to do that. That's just a hunch. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, only because I think you have. Uh, and you know you you routed off a lot of names and they even uh, I would agree I think Danny Duffy probably wants to be here more than any of them maybe with the it's hard to tell with the situation like Alex Gordon last year because we don't know how hard he's such a reserved guy mm-hmm. and so kind of uh, plays it close to the vest with the media says all the right things that type of a thing so yeah, we don't really know and it was hard to gauge how much he was pushing to come back to Kansas City I know there was some 
but I know he also wanted to maximize his potential and his uh, earnings. And of course, you know, why wouldn't you? But uh, I definitely think there's a lot of motivation on both sides to make sure Danny Duffy is here for the foreseeable future. It's just a question, like you said, can the Royals make it work? And is, do the Royals truly believe the Royals want Danny Duffy back as a person, as a teammate, and on some levels, of course, as a player. But, you know, do the Royals truly believe he's worth that leap to to give, you know, five years, $80 million? That was a number we threw out earlier in the season when he started playing and started pitching really well. You know, is that are they ready to throw out that kind of coin for someone like him who, you know, he's had his inconsistencies in the past. So, I mean, are you that certain on him? You know, it's just um, that'll be the the kind of big thing at the offseason really to see yeah can they work out a deal i mean if they don't then man it's it's gonna be a big mass exodus next year i mean even if they get say they bring back morales right but they mm-hmm. don't get anybody else back I and mean, we talked about this ad nauseum i feel but it's just it still is quite amazing i mean literally the whole last few years we said the greatest um, asset the Royals have had is that they know who the re- the start the the um, lineup is going to be opening day. Well, 2018 they'd have no clue. It's we we can talk about crazy. that later. We got all yeah, we got all next year to really talk about that if if that's the case. But hopefully we're talking about the Royals winning another, you know, getting another playoff run and winning another division title and all that. But we'll see. Anyway, um, it's uh. I don't know, that's what I'm most excited to see this offseason is are the Royals going to go full on the Danny Duffy train or are they going to take the wait and see or maybe, you know, they just can't get anything worked out and they're just going to have to ride it out. That would be interesting. I don't know. And then the timing of it would be like, uh, would they do it earlier in the offseason and just get it out of the way and know what they're going to have lined up over the next X amount of years or do they wait till everything settles in and then do it? You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. And maybe, maybe Duffy is curious about that too. See if they go sign some guy, some other starter or some other player for like three or four years. And Duffy could then know that, okay, part of this deal, they want me to sign. I'm going to have this guy around too. So I, you know, I don't know. Um, but I think, I think he's, he's definitely somebody who wants to be around. Um, you know, you've, the bury me the royal bury me a royal thing from a few years ago was uh, as as legit as sincere I think as you can probably get from a ball player in, in many cases. So, you know, it just seems like he wants to be here. I think they'll figure something out. I, I have no idea what the money's going to be though. It's it, he could surprise and just be like, yeah, fine. What you know, just hand them a piece of paper and have them fill it out. I don't know. You know, or yeah. maybe maybe and, he, he he holds out and they uh, they want to pay up. I don't you know I don't know. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what it ends up falling under. Um, and we'll definitely I'm sure at other points in this off season um, we'll we'll maybe re-explore that just to put some real numbers behind it and and see if there's maybe a comparison or a similar player out there who signed a similar kind of deal or something. Yeah, and at the very least, if uh, you know, say worst case scenario happens and Royals don't sign any of these guys back, you know, still won a World Series, but I'll also be, it'll be kind of fun, be the first time in a while, really, that Royals have 
many have have from their own farm system gotten good players and they've gone to free agency you know it's been a while since we've really seen that so yeah i don't know it'd be kind of fun to see the contract that a Hosmer would get or a Danny Duffy would get on the open market. You know, like obviously Alex Gordon went to full free agency last year. That's probably the, you know, the closest, but there's a different buzz about a guy like Eric Hosmer and there would be about a guy like Danny Duffy going into the, you know, if Alex Gordon was, you know, five years younger, of course, then there probably would have been that buzz too, or I guess not five, but three years younger, there would have been a much bigger buzz. But, um, so, you know, it'll be, at the very least, that'd be kind of interesting, but uh, it's well, plenty of time to get there. Yes, and we'll uh, we'll be here all off season to talk about anything. As the uh, it appears, we'll be uh, having off season podcasts in October for the first time in two years. Yeah, uh, unless unless the Royals and again can't ever count them out, I suppose. But as it as I just <laughs> see as my Twitter screen Twitter feed scrolls by that the Royals have lost the lead yet again. So well, maybe this time it actually is happening. You know, I think they'll still got a really good shot at anything with a winning record. I think it's going to happen. So I mean, that'd be I mean, four consecutive years with a winning record it hasn't happened to this organization since the seventies slash early eighties. So, I mean, yeah, in the the peak, yeah, Royals the period. golden era of Royals. This yeah. is essentially the second golden era mm-hmm. of Royals baseball that we're living through. So, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool for some perspective, uh, right there. Hopefully, you know, we've got some cool things to talk about this off season, like a Danny Duffy or something. And you know, we've heard whispers of don't be, you know, I would be surprising, but don't be shocked. If for next year, maybe Glass even opens up the payroll a little bit more because he got a taste of that winning. He really liked it. Wants this team to win even more. Knows the new TV deals coming down the pike. Has had a ton of money off the last couple of seasons with the playoff runs. So, you know, could the Royals jump up their payroll to 150 million? I don't know. That seems a little high to me, but 130 probably seems like it's it's reasonable, and that would put them in the top half of the league. So. That you hasn't happened know. since like 1990. <laughs> yeah, since since Ewan Kaufman was still and alive. Back and then, still... it was Mark Davis who signed for like three years and oh, twenty million dollars or something. Maybe maybe yes. it wasn't even that much. It was just that sounds high for for even then for ninety. Yeah, it was three years and ten million maybe. I don't remember what it was, but he had the biggest contract at the time, which yeah. is remarkable that it was the Royals who had it. And he sucked terribly. God, oh. just the pain in 1990. God dang. Don't do it to yourself. We're being positive. This is a positive <sighs> part of the show. Why would you do that? Why would you know. bring that up right now? I told you we were being positive in this part I don't of the show. know. Old habits. Old habits. They yeah. die hard indeed. Yeah. As do the Royals as they still, you know, they, there's still some fight in them. So hopefully there's some fun things to, to see as we as we wind this season down. And we'll have plenty of talk about this offseason with possible impending contracts raising or rising uh, team payroll and possible free agent acquisitions, hot stove talks, trades, you know, there'll be plenty of things going on. So, so stick, stick with us throughout the off season. Cause tell you what, we'll be here. That's, that's for sure. Um, and you should also stick with in the off season. Kelly's Westport in our lovely sponsors. Cause they're awesome and they're fun. I'll probably, my friend is getting married. So we'll probably, 
head to Westport at some point this weekend. Got a lot of friends coming in town, and I'm sure Kelly's will be accommodating. So that's what they always, do. That's that is exactly what they do. Yep. Um, so we couldn't do it without them. We also couldn't do it without you guys, our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we we couldn't cannot express enough how much we appreciate all you guys listening, responding on Twitter, sending us emails and everything. Love to hear from you guys. Keep it going throughout the off season. Um, always good. We'll be here uh, doing our thing on the podcast all all off season and, and you know as we as we continue living in the golden age of Royals baseball. <laughs> second golden age. The, the second second. Uh, yes. second wave. This is we've we've passed the Jurassic period of the golden age and we're into the this is the Cretaceous perhaps I don't know I don't know I'm I don't making, know what order they go in That's, we never make things up on the show sounds fine to me sounds good we'll go with that all right so <laughs> I can't <laughs> so refute stick, it so we'll, we'll there you go so stick with us all off season we'll be here talking Royals so there'll still be plenty to talk about uh, but thank you so much for listening we so greatly appreciate it. Uh, So until next time, thanks for stopping by. And as always, go Royals. Thank you for listening to the Kansas City Baseball Vault. You can follow us on Twitter at KC Baseball Vault. You can also find us on Baseball Prospectus Kansas City at bpkansascity.com. You can follow BPKC on Twitter at bprokansascity. Also, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes, through Stitcher, or whatever podcast app you like. And if you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to say hi, send those emails to KansasCityBaseballVault at gmail.com. Hi, this is Ned Bodette for Kelly's Westport Inn. Summertime is here. And that means one thing. Your neighbor's cat sneaks over and craps in your garden. No, of course I'm just joking. Summer also means my neighbor borrowing your boat trailer and driving it into Smithville Lake. Or mosquitoes. Or your three-year-old drinking the air conditioner water. Haha, I guess what I'm saying here is that summer means different things to different people. And for 65 years, Kelly's Westport Inn has been a vacation for those summer problems ever since Randall Kelly poured his first frosty draft in 1947. 102 degrees and 99% humidity? Don't worry, Kelly's is air-conditioned and the drinks are as cold as ice. And when the heat breaks, Randall's rooftop is ready for you to kick back where you can head downstairs for some of the best live music in town. Summer is different things to different people, but to everyone in Kansas City, Kelly's Westport is your summertime bar. I'm Ned Bedette for Kelly's Westport Inn. We'll leave the taps on for you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.